0: Welcome to the Accrescent Podcast, I'm Leanne, and I'm so excited that you are tuning in to my Release 2020 podcast series. This is a series of short interviews with people from all walks of life sharing their experience with COVID-19 during this year 2020. I'll be asking each guest questions like, what was the hardest part of COVID for you? Did you notice that you had higher levels of stress, anxiety, or even depression? In those moments of heightened stress or anxiety or depression, how did you notice your behavior or thought processes changed? What were things that made that stress worse? And what were things that made it better? Did you learn anything new about yourself? And going forward, what can you shift or adjust or pivot to have a better response in the future. There are no right or wrong answers in this series, and this is in no way meant to say that there is a right or wrong response to dealing with COVID. In fact, the goal and mission of this series is just the opposite. It's just to highlight each person's unique experience with this. Throughout the entire year, I have been hearing people, friends, family, people on social media saying things like, I just want to forget 2020 I want to pretend like it didn't happen and to me I have learned so much about how repressed emotions over time can really manifest as physical disease and really just linger and create this festering unease or dis-ease within the body and so I wanted to do something to encourage people not to just forget 2020 and pretend like it never happened, but rather to take a pause and acknowledge whatever the feelings were that came up this year. And I know it's hard, it's easier said than done, but I think if each of us can, to even some extent, bring up the feelings, acknowledge them, process them a little bit, learn what we can from them, and then release them. And so that's why this series is called Release 2020. I think all any of us can do in any given moment is respond to the best of our ability. And so many of us may have felt like we didn't respond the way we wanted to this year or like we lost time. And again, the messaging of this series isn't, well, you should have done this, but rather the messaging is just, okay, all any of us can do is look at how we responded and say, do I want to continue to respond in that way going forward or do, or do I want to make some shifts so that I can respond in a different way? Whether it's to COVID or some other type of very stress-inducing incident that comes in the future. So I think this is a beautiful opportunity for us to learn more about ourselves, how we deal with stress, what are the things that cause stress or anxiety or depression for us, what do we do when those moments happen and how can we put things in place going forward so that maybe we respond to it in a better way in the future and you guys know i love my challenges or the magnetic moments that i give you and so the challenge in this series is to for the rest of december keep a piece of paper and just start by writing down all the negatives from 2020 anything painful And as December continues on, continue adding to that piece of paper anytime something comes up. And then on New Year's Eve, at the end of the year, we all together virtually will take that piece of paper of all the negatives from 2020 and physically burn it on New Year's Eve right before 2021. So I hope you'll jump on board with that, I hope listening to these interviews inspires you to think about these questions for yourself. And I think it can create just a beautiful ripple effect of if your partner or your children see you making that list of the negatives of 2020 and processing it, learning from it, and then releasing it, hopefully it inspires them to do the same thing lastly if you do find this series thought-provoking helpful inspiring please consider sharing an episode or two with a loved one you guys sharing these episodes really is the biggest way that people discover my podcast and so it means so so much to have your support in that way and see it in that way if you do listen consider taking a screenshot throwing it up on social media and tagging me it absolutely fills my heart with joy to see you guys listening hear your feedback and your responses so please tag me in something send me a direct message on Instagram I always include my social media links and my website in the show notes where you can find me and with that please enjoy this release 2020 podcast series well Lindsay welcome to the accrescent podcast
1: thank you (laughs)
0: And for those listening, this is actually my stepsister, Lindsay, and I'm so excited to have family members on the show to get to share their own little bit of experience. But I'm I'm asking every guest in this series to give us a little bit of their demographics and background so people can really know and understand your experience with COVID a little bit better. So can you share with us your age, what city you're living in, and your profession? Yes.
1: Yes. My age, I am 35 years old. I live in Costa Mesa, Orange County, California. And for work, I work as a house manager, which could mean a lot of different things. Um, Typically, I manage primary states and secondary properties for one one person. And I I love what I do.
0: So in general, and I'm sure there's going to be other little things, but if you had to choose the biggest way that COVID has impacted you, what would that be?
1: Oh gosh! Really early on, I remember feeling surprised that I didn't know if I was welcome at people's homes in which I was normally uh, welcome at, and so that was a challenge for me. It was a challenge for me to know even to ask if I could come over because I didn't want them to feel pressured. Um, and so the way I dealt with that was just choosing that my home would be open and that anyone wanted mm-hmm. a place to come and talk and sit and drink coffee or tea or enjoy a meal, um, that people were welcome at my house. Cause I didn't want them to feel the way I was feeling that I just didn't know where I could go other than my own home.
0: Wow. That's a real, I haven't heard anyone say that before, but that's a really, that's so true. I imagine there was an aspect of it where you were just like, okay, I know this is probably about COVID, but it's hard not to take it onto yourself. And feel like it's about you and them not wanting you there.
1: There is a bit of that. That was difficult. And I'd say the social pressure of, um, you know, everybody's making their own choices. And some people were choosing to have others over and other people weren't. And so, you know, in this friend's family that I normally go over to, it's it was considering the other kids' choices too like their own personal kids, whereas I'm kind of like an adopted member of the family. Um, The social pressure of saying, okay, well, you know, mom and dad are choosing this, but yet their kids are choosing this. And then acknowledging, not wanting to be ostracized from the other kids who were choosing to not expose their parents to anything. And then me choosing, okay, you know, do I go? because they say I can come but yet the other kids aren't going that kind of thing so yeah just a lot of it, a lot of interesting parts when it comes to other people's choices and how it affects you and wanting to be um, wanting to respect their choices and yet also have a voice of your own and be able to make choices even if they come in conflict with each other
0: mm-hmm. and be accepted still I think that was. It's such a huge thing that's just so ingrained in our anatomy is we want to be accepted. We're a social creature Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: it's been so polarizing during this time. And so I think so many people were left with, okay, do I stand firm in what I feel about this situation and lose my friends (laughs) or do I just do what my friends are doing or kind of let go of how I feel about it? Right. Right. So, and you also, though, because we had a conversation just between me and you, you're also a bit of an introvert. I am. So I remember you telling me that you actually re- really enjoying, and I echo this back, not having to go places and not having to maybe give an excuse for why you can't go places. So would you say that was like a positive Aspect of this,
1: yeah. So early on, I remember talking to people who were kind of struggling with COVID and staying home orders, and I just remember saying like, "Hey, I'm in my happy place. This is wonderful. Like, <laughs> I'm feeling better than ever," uh, and that lasted several weeks. There really was um, satisfaction in staying home and doing my own thing, which is mm-hmm. great, and I I love being alone. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, there has been a lot of positive aspects to COVID in that way for mm-hmm. me.
0: Did you notice for any reasons that you were more stressed or anxious or even some depression because of any of it?
1: Yeah, and I've noticed that a lot more recently okay. than, than ever. Yeah, so as the months went on, I find myself holding my breath a lot and not breathing normally. Um, I feel stressed and anxious. Um, I'm. I don't prefer to wear masks, and so there's there's this inner conflict with me to just go along with what everybody else is doing, um, and and wear a mask. And then there's the, also a, a pressure within me that says, "No, you have your freedom. Do you make your choice?" And so I'm in constant conflict within myself of what to do specifically with regards to the masks. And any time I, I don't do something that I feel like society um, deems good, then um, I feel this inner stress and I end up holding my breath. And I just kind of uh, don't breathe normally and hold my breath a lot.
0: Wow. That is so interesting. So have you in into the deeper roots of that, of why why does it bother me so much not being accepted by society or feeling reject. Cause I have this to 110%. Like I hate conflict. I hate feeling like I disappointed someone. And it's a huge thing that I've had to work on over the years of being like, sometimes you're going to disappoint people, especially as you stand firm to whatever your beliefs are. And it doesn't reflect anything on you. It might reflect more on them.
1: You said the perfect word conflict. I like to avoid conflict um, I don't like to be abrasive. Um, I don't like to cause problems. I like to follow rules. I like to get along. I like peace and harmony and unity. Uh, so, yeah, standing up when I feel differently than others is difficult for me to do. Mm-hmm. And so it is difficult for me. Um, I don't know, some days I just don't have the energy to handle conflict. And so I'll just wear the mask wherever because I can't handle, um, what the consequence might be if I don't,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and other days I'm feeling stronger in myself and, and I'll feel the freedom to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And another thing I've noticed is not making eye contact with people, um, in order to avoid that confrontation, uh, or in, in order to just avoid conflict in general. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so just not making eye contact with people when I'm in stores and trying to mind my own business and keep six foot distance. Cause I don't know what everybody's, um, comfortable with and I'm evaluating what I'm comfortable with in the moment. So yeah, yeah holding, holding my breath and not making eye contact.
0: It makes something like a simple grocery store trips so stress-inducing. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you, as the months have gone by, have you come across anything or implemented anything that in those moments where you feel that stress really rising, you've been able to find something that helps bring it down? And maybe it's once you get back home, maybe it's right there in the moment, but
1: has anything helped with that? Not one thing. I would say something that has helped in general is keeping a schedule. So whether I have to wake up at five thirty in the morning, um, you know, keeping my alarm and and getting up and keeping a routine and having a schedule that does help. Um, and then praying, I pray a lot, and that tends to help. And just acknowledging that I don't I don't know everything, and I can't figure this out, and I don't know who to believe and which reports to believe and which surveys to believe, and so it's really. Daunting in that way, but just to acknowledge to love people is important, to respect Mm -hmm. people um, and to listen to them. So, I guess something that I've implemented um, is to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And so, whether I agree or disagree with somebody, to try to hear them out and learn. But yeah, I guess praying, keeping a schedule, and keeping an open mind to listen. But keeping an open mind to listen doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to believe everything that I'm told or, or agree with it, but it doesn't mean that I'm hostile or abrasive in hearing something.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that you make that distinction because it has been such a polarizing time. And that's just a theme that keeps coming up in these conversations in this series is it's hard to have conversations about this with people. And we've seen over multiple just different topics throughout the year with the election covid black lives matter so many things i it really has created so much tension people are losing friends family members won't talk to them whatever and it breaks my heart because i want us to be able to be more than just one dimensional we need to be able to have conversations where we disagree but always maintain that level of just human respect you know we're both here on this earth And therefore, there is a level of respect I have for you as a human being. Yes. But you made a really interesting point that I also wanted to touch on because you said you have so much respect for people. And I could see where that could also really mess with your mind, because the main narrative that we're receiving is that if you respect people and care about people, you will wear a mask. Mm -hmm. And. I agree with you. And when I look at the studies on the effectiveness of mass, and I really have not talked about this at all because it's so polarizing, but the studies really show that they aren't very effective. And so I'm very much in the opinion of, I don't believe this is a necessary step we need to be taking. However, I will follow the laws of society and I respect the people around me. I'm not going to make a scene, this and this and that, but it is so interesting how they've really tried to use that emotional gambit against us of, well, if you do care about your neighbor and if you do care about other people, you will do this. And then it becomes this whole like psychological mind game.
1: It, it's a really interesting point. And so to unwrap that is just, okay, well, where do I land? Because you do want to get along with, well with others and you really do want to respect um, the laws and, and regulations put in place. And then also you want to look at the truth and trying to determine what is that and what does it look like? And, um, what I've noticed when I do have, you know, meetings with vendors on site and things of that nature that, um, typically meetings at the beginning of COVID, they would start with masks. And then by the end, everybody had their masks off. And I saw that again and again and again. And, um, and it was kind of like this, okay, I feel the pressure to wear it or I believe it works or or whatever. I don't know. I don't know the reasons for wearing it, each person's reason. Uh, but by the end, everyone had their mask off. It was this, if you broke the barrier and now you're friends. And I, I don't know, it's just this. It's this weird thing that I observed again and again and again. And so now I kind of feel like, well, oh, gosh! If everyone's gonna have their masks off, anyways, why are we even starting with it? And it so it's been this difficult thing of, I guess, um, if there was a lot of consistency, that that would help. If I saw if I saw consistency, it would be more believable. But I just mm-hmm. see a lot of inconsistencies, and so mm-hmm. that's what makes it really difficult um, to make decisions and to determine. You know, what's best, and it's not necessarily what's best for me, but what's best for the people around me. And, and then you know, mental health is is important. And so, some of my friends who've chosen to do all their grocery shopping online and not leave their home, uh, I'm not going to tell them otherwise. That is that is fine for them to choose. And I want them to be able to sleep at night. And so I'm kind of like, okay, make choices that allow you to sleep well at night. And what does that look like? And then, yeah, I don't want to be that person that's causing somebody else to lose sleep by pressuring mm-hmm. them outside of their comfort zone or, or not wearing a mask. And so it is this constant evaluation of, okay, it's not just me um, making this choice for me. Look at the people in my life and what's going to make them comfortable. And then at the same point, not losing my voice in, in how I personally feel about things. So, yeah, it's... It caused a lot of stress just because there's a lot to unravel. And if you figure out right now, it's going to be different tomorrow. Regulations are different. People are feeling different. So it's this constant uncertainty and pivoting from one thing to the next.
0: Mm -hmm. So speaking of, you mentioned some of the things that helped alleviate the stress a little bit. What about some things did you notice that made it worse? That after a period of time, you're like, okay, I need to stop doing this or stop going down this mental path because it leads me to places that aren't good.
1: Oh man. Um, not exactly sure even how to answer that. I think I tend to focus on the positive, which could be a negative in some ways. <laughs> um, Cause I'm almost to the point of like saying COVID what, like, is that still a thing? Um, and I don't, I don't it's mean, so 2020. Anything, um, <laughs> disrespect i know people have lost their lives and that is um no word there's no words for that that's heavy and that's hard and it, yeah i don't know i mean there's nothing really to be said beyond mm-hmm. that but yeah I, I guess i just really choose not to focus on the negative um are you I'm, watching
0: the news a lot
1: no actually i don't have a tv okay. um so i i don't watch the news i'm not on social media not because I'm opposed to it; it's just I choose to spend my time elsewhere, so I don't have as many influences in terms of uh, news, social media, things, things of that nature.
0: Mm, yeah, because those have been the big ones of people just saying, "When I the news, the news was what made it worse." Like I just had to stop watching the news.
1: Yeah, I could completely understand that, and I've heard that again and again and again as well from friends.
0: So did you, what about, did you learn anything new about yourself? As you saw how you were going through this year, we all, I think, had a lot more time with ourselves than we normally do. Did anything new come up? And it's fine if it didn't, but I think it's a fun question to bring up to people to see if there was anything new that came up for them.
1: I think that's a great question. Um, And in terms of I mean, it's the Christmas season now, so I kind of have Christmas letters on my brain. And I was kind of laughing at myself the other day, thinking that there's really not much to write about me on a Christmas letter this year. You know, I didn't move. um, I didn't do anything notable. I didn't change jobs. I didn't get a new car. I didn't get a promotion. um, I didn't travel anywhere. So it's kind of like, well, gosh, Lynns, what a wasted year. Um, But it couldn't be further from the truth. This year, um, I've gotten to know each of my neighbors mm. because actually through my church, they had this program, and they still do. And it's like, hey, if you need help, let us know. That could be financial, that could be help around the house, that could be grocery shopping. Um, and then there's also the link. Hey, if you need, if you want to help, click this link, and then you can go do these things. Um, and so I actually I signed up. to to help. And Mm. all it was, was making phone calls to some people in the church who may be lonely and things of that nature. And I actually, I made great friends, really great friends that I wouldn't have otherwise. Um, Melanie is a good friend of mine now and she's 75 and we're practically the same person. Um, She's dating and I'm dating. Um, Her husband died last year and So yeah, she, we're in really similar seasons of life, but very different. (laughs) She turns out she lives down the street from me and I had never met her before. Wow. That is so special. So there's been some really good things. um, And just, yeah, I, I, again, I would say nothing quantitative has changed, but in my head and heart, I'm a much stronger person than I was. um, And I know that God works things behind the scenes. And so there's things going on that I am not aware of that are, that are being knitted together. Uh, And then, yeah, just getting to know my neighbors has been a really sweet thing. And yeah.
0: You, You made such an important distinction, which is, and I think this is what everyone, especially us Americans are struggling with, is that we measure ourselves on the quantitative Mm -hmm. Well, how much more money did you make this year? How many new things? How many places did you travel X, Y, and Z? And we don't measure the qualitative. We don't value it as much. And so I think so many people are in a bit of an identity crisis or just feeling like they did lose a year because there was nothing they could add to the list quantitatively that they achieved or gained. And I just love that you made that distinction of here's the qualitative things I gained this year. And it's so neat that you write your end of the year letters because I do this too. But really for me, it ends up being a letter of like, here's all the personal growth I achieved this year. Here's all the things I worked on and grew past and like the thought processes I was going through. Because to me, like I'm all about the qualitative. I love those discussions. Like these are the kind of conversations I crave having. But I'm so glad you pointed that out and I hope that really inspires more people to think about what are those qualitative things that I can be proud of and give myself a pat on the back for this year.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. And then just being able to talk about things before they're finished. Talk about it when you're in the middle of it. I have a tendency to wait till things are wrapped up with a bow and and all, all done to share about it. But I'm recognizing like, hey, I'm in the midst of this application and i haven't been approved or or rejected yet and and gosh i really hope i'm approved but how oh, what does that mean if i'm rejected and kind of living living in that space with people as well that unknown and uncertainty and hey this is this is a process whether it be a quantitative or qualitative aspect of life
0: oh that's so good and i'm the same way i really am. <laughs> because i and i think it's a part of a we want to protect ourselves. Our, we want to protect our emotions. We don't want to have to say, Oh, I'm so excited about this and then get rejected and then have to tell people that. Sure. Yeah. But it's all about acknowledging the emotions, releasing the emotions. And I think when you do that, you really allow people to support you if you take them on the journey. But if all you ever do is show them the end game, the destination that you've already arrived at, there's not a lot for them to jump on board with all the time. yes, And that's where I find myself all the time is why don't I feel like I have more support, you know, and really it's just because I don't share a lot and I don't ask for it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, exactly. I don't take people along the journey. I love that.
1: I think what that is, and I've tried to figure it out this year, um, that's being emotionally available. Cause I kind of wondered like, what does it look like to be emotionally available versus emotionally unavailable? And I believe the emotionally available person allows other people in that process before it's tied up and done. The emotionally available person is available in the process of things and
0: mm-hmm. allowing
1: other people into that.
0: Yeah. And it's really hard to do.
1: It is. It's it's uncomfortable <laughs> and it's vulnerable. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there's a chance that you'll share it and people won't get on board and people won't support you. But I think it's a good practice to do. And I don't, I try not to rely on other people's support where, you know, if I do share something and they don't jump on board, it crumbles me. Mm -hmm. I really try not to do that, but I think it's such a good practice of just, it just shows who you are. I have a really hard time. And this is like a huge journey I've gone on this last year in particular of being able to just show myself 110% to people, Mm -hmm. my thoughts, my feelings, my hopes, my dreams, because more often than not, I feel they're not understood. And so I usually just don't share them. But what it's come to is me feeling like no one knows me, but it really is my own doing. It's my own fault because I don't share myself fully with people. And so it's right along those same lines.
1: I was just going to say, I know a little bit of your story. And as you are transparent, it breeds transparency, just like creativity breeds creativity. Transparency does the same thing. And when you're open and vulnerable, you do um, allow relationships to grow in ways that they were not possible otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I heard a pastor say one time um, to be 99% known is to be unknown. And mm-hmm. basically just saying, you know, if you withhold that one thing and in your mind, or it couldn't even be one thing it could be a lot of things. And if in your mind, it's like, oh, well, if they knew this about me, then they wouldn't love me. And just being open about those things, too, and doesn't mean with everybody uh, we can be selective in that. But yeah, just to be known um, and then to know others. There's a true joy in that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think what I've really seen is, I mean, for me, it was a whole psychological process of really unraveling childhood beliefs I picked up in childhood. And I've talked about this a couple times on my show and other episodes, but I really picked up this thing of, you know, I saw that my mom had a really hard time showing herself. Even as a young kid, I could sense it. She was very guarded because of her own stuff from childhood. But what that told me and what I picked up subconsciously from that was, oh, if my mom doesn't feel safe enough to be who she is, it must not be safe for me to be who I am. Right, And then on the flip side of that, my biological dad just never asked questions, never tried to know me, never really reached out. It was sort of like, how are you doing? What's new? And that's it. And so it was the flip side of, oh, if my own father doesn't want to know me, I must not be worth being known. Right. And so I realized that I have really been living that out, not sharing myself with people because I don't think it's safe to share myself and I don't think I'm worthy Mm
1: -hmm. of it.
0: And so as, as soon as I really recognized that and unwrapped it, it was just like this whole new world opened up of, oh my gosh, I, I am worth being known and it's safe. It's okay for me to show myself. And that might mean that some people don't connect with me as much when I really show who I am, but those may not be the people I want to interact with as much anyways. Yeah. So It's been it's been really eye opening, but also really beautiful to see what's kind of unraveled from that.
1: I love that. That's it's such a healthy process, and I'm so impressed with you. I really am, and I learned so much from you. Oh, thank you. um, Yeah, I feel like a lot of us are going through that same process in in our own ways. And something that I've learned is. That um, when I ask for somebody's advice or when I'm sharing something, you know, that's deeply rooted within me, that um, I don't always have to follow their advice or they don't always have to agree with me. And that's been an interesting, that's been an interesting process to not allow there to grow discord when there's disagreement, um, but then to not only ask for people's input or to not only share with people who I know will agree with me. And being like, okay, where do I land on this? And there was this, um, there was this event, I don't know, several months ago down by the Huntington Beach Pier. And um, there was gonna be some singing going on down there. And I was gonna see a girlfriend of mine the next day sitting on beach chairs off front of her house, just catching up. And um, she didn't like that I was gonna go to this event the night before. That made her feel uncomfortable. And so I remember kind of wrestling with that and thinking like, okay um, well, I respect her making her own decision. I'm not telling her that she needs to make a different decision. And so I also need to be able to make my own decision. And she's not telling me to how to make my decision. She's just telling me, Hey, if you do that, then I don't want to see you the next day. And so typically I would, um, I don't want to say cave because that, that sounds, um, that sounds like I'm just caving in. That's not exactly what I mean, but just to be like, okay, she's making her choice and I'm also making my choice and my choice is I'm going to go to this tonight and her choice is then she won't see me the next day. But just acknowledging the choices being made and even though she didn't agree with mine or I didn't agree with hers, we're not pressuring the other person to then comply with our own choices. It's Mm -hmm. just recognizing, okay, I have my choice and she has her choice and yes they they do um in some ways affect each other but does that make sense
0: yeah yeah but i'm so like i i'd love to dive into that a little more because what i i'd love it could you got kind of walk us through the thought process so when you decided to still attend that event you knew that you were then not going to be able to see it so was there that initial gut reaction of i don't know just disappointment or anger with her for that decision? And then how did you work yourself through that?
1: Um, I think my process was that I didn't want to tell her and and that I would go on Friday night and not tell her and then um, go Saturday and see her. And then it wouldn't be a problem. But I, I felt <laughs> like that that was wrong um, and that I needed to tell her so that she could make her choice. And so, yeah, I guess the, the inner conflict with me was, do I tell her or not? And that would be taking her choice away from her, which is not right. And so um, I did tell her. And then, you know, recognizing too that sometimes we have um, conversations in our head that don't actually happen. And we anticipate other people's responses without giving them the opportunity to actually have a response. And so I didn't really, I kind of thought what she would do, but I did not know. And my assumption was that she wouldn't want to get together, which was true. But, um, but I couldn't answer that for her. And I also couldn't make that choice for her. So I knew I had to tell her and then I knew I had to listen and then respect um, that that is her choice, whether it was, okay, yes, we can get together or we can get together on these terms. We're going to change the terms or no, I don't want to see you for two weeks. And it's not that I don't love you. It's just that, you know, this is my choice. And so that was kind of my process in it.
0: That's just, it's so beautiful. And it really is just such a perfect example of being able to maintain a relationship with someone who you have different differing opinions on like a really big subject right now. And I love it. And it's just so beautiful. And I, I really wish more of us had that.
1: It felt really empowering. Mm -hmm. It really did. It felt empowering um, even though I didn't get my way. You know, and we all like to get our way. Yeah, <laughs> but it still felt it still felt good and right, even though it wasn't what I would have wanted.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so that really is so powerful. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking.
0: Yeah. okay, so now I always want to end on you know more of an upbeat note because these can be kind of heavy conversations. But what were some of your highlights? Of 2020
1: highlights of 2020. Um, I think I would just go back to the friendships made with my neighbors, uh, with my friend Melanie. Um, so my church. I guess one thing I didn't share was my church stopped meeting in compliance with the regulations put in our in our city and town. Um, and so then when we started meeting again, we're just in small small groups, small group gatherings in in homes. Um, and that was really difficult at first. You know, these are people that I don't really know. Um, and church brings all people together, different industries, different belief systems. And in terms of, yes, we, we may share the same, um, theological beliefs, but in terms of how we live our lives is very different. Um, I don't know if I said different age, but yeah, it's all different ages and, um, we work different jobs and, you know, these are not people that I would choose to be friends with apart from church that brings us together. And so it's so cool. Anyways, so it was really hard at first um, because I just didn't know these people and they weren't my mm-hmm. people. You know, they weren't people was that I'd drawn to. The, these people wouldn't be, you know, my typical friend group. Um, but now getting to know them, I couldn't imagine a, a different group and everybody's just really, really different. And yet that is so beautiful because now I can understand, um, you know, how, how different people are feeling in, in this environment and in this experience. And some people's jobs are booming and other people lost their jobs. And some people don't have jobs and some people's families are hurting and some people's have lost loved ones. And others are doing quite well. And so, yeah, I I guess I just love how my church has, has done this. Um, and again, it's just not been easy, but I've seen so many good things result of, of coming together and uh, getting to know other people.
0: What I've really seen in myself, in businesses, in individuals is, the people who, after a period of time, were willing to lean into whatever the uncomfortable was, whatever the newness was, so much beauty and growth came of it. And so it's been upheaving for all of us. It's been traumatic for all of us. But at the same time, like, so much beauty has come from it. And it, I think that's like really such a good takeaway from all of it is, you know maybe don't accept this as the new normal, but accept this is the best we can do with the present situation. And I'm going to lean into that for now
1: and see what comes of it. Yes. It sounds a lot like gratitude, just acknowledging what we can be grateful for and leaning into those things. And I also love that you don't, um, that you don't ignore the negatives and so acknowledge those, but yet, um, in the midst of acknowledging those, not forgetting the good things and not forgetting the amazing things that have come from COVID, whether that be more time at home or a slower pace of life, less commitments, reevaluating commitments, all of the above, a job change, um, a new puppy, you know, whatever that looks (laughs) like for each one of us. Um, Yeah, just acknowledging that there have been some really good things and this is not a wasted year and we still have several days left of this year and nothing really changes between December 31st and January 1st. You know, it's just, there's not going to be this magical shift in the atmosphere stroke midnight. Um, And so, yeah, to take the beauty of this year in into the next year and, um, I love how you say to embrace some of those pieces that are uncomfortable and, and lean into those as well and see what positives can come from that.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, Linz, I could keep talking to you all day.
1: This I love you a Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. Thank you so much. And yeah,
1: just thanks for coming on. I can't wait to share this. Thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity. and. I just think the world of you and i so thankful for this podcast series that you're doing.
0: Thank you.